Right now at Safeway, shop the big BOGO sale and get all your favorite cleaning essentials. Buy one, get one 50% off. Head into Safeway and shop for select items like Febreze air fresheners, Airwick scented oil refills, Glade three wick candles, Mr. Clean antibacterial cleaner, Method all purpose cleaner, or soft scrub cleanser. And get them buy one, get one 50% off. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles now. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's at the bottom of the screen. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. Say this with me. Say, I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we take authority over this atmosphere, and we decree and declare now that there's nothing in this room, nothing in this building, nothing on those digital campuses that would impede or stop the flow of your word. Lord, we want to hear from you. So I pray that today you answer every question, that you soothe and you bring peace to those that are dealing with inner turmoil. We pray today that you'd have your way. Somebody say, Lord, have your way. That your will would be done in this experience today. Answer us, speak to us. Give us life, give us strength, give us grace, give us favor. Everything we need, we declare it's in this room right now. And we have anticipation and an expectation that you're about to move, not just for our role, not just for our section, but you're about to move for us. And we have expectation in Jesus' name. Can I get you to release 10 seconds of praise in anticipation? Go. 10, come on. 9, come on. 8, come on. 7, come on. Six, push, five, push, four, push, three, two, one. Somebody say, Lord, your will be done. Whenever you create an atmosphere that's expecting, God's always going to show up. Whenever you begin to set the atmosphere right, God's going to show up and he's going to show out in a supernatural way. I need some of y'all, when you get home, you're going to need to change the atmosphere of your house, change the atmosphere of your car. Some of you are going to have to let some friends know you can't drive with me no more with that attitude. Some of you are going to need to let people know you got to get up out of my atmosphere because if your atmosphere ain't right, you're not going to be able to see breakthrough. But I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that's going to see breakthrough every day this week. Say yes, Lord. So listen, guys, we are in week three of our series, Power. Can I get you to shout power? Can I get you to shout it like old school church, shout power? 
Yeah, there it is. First Corinthians 4.20 says this. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power. In other words, God says, I don't just talk it, I walk it. Now, the reality is when you're busy walking, you don't do a whole lot of talking because you're so busy walking. I need you watch this to understand that many times as we're navigating through life and as we're moving through life, sometimes we get frustrated because we are often dealing with people who talk more than they walk. People who say what they're going to do and don't often do it. And sometimes you can even be frustrated. Maybe it's with uh, leadership or people that you've trusted in your life because they always talked about something and they never did it. Can I get a witness in the house? Where somebody always told you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But they did not do it. They did not move in it. They did not get that thing accomplished. They did not get that thing done. And what I need you to understand, our God is not that way. Our God is a God of action. Say action. When God says something, God sees something. Can I give you Bible to back this up? If you look in Genesis, the Bible said, and the Lord said, and there was. In other words, God didn't just throw words out there aimlessly. God intended for those words to produce something in the world. And I need you to hear me. For those of you that have been frustrated with your progress, I need you to know you're coming off of pause. I need you to know you're coming off of hold. I need you to know you're coming off of your holding pattern. Because God says, you are not just going to talk about the amazing things I'm going to do in your life. Baby, you're about to walk those things out. And for some of you, you need to get used to a new circle of friends. Because God's taking you away from talkers and he's putting you around some walkers. He's taking you away from people who are just saying what they're going to do. And he's putting you around some people that are going to push you into doing it. God's kingdom is not just in talk, but it's in power. And so the, uh, we learned on Sunday that uh, power, there is power in prayer. So there's power in prayer. In James chapter 5, verse number 16, it says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That's significant because the power of prayer is as it works, which means the power of prayer is between the request and the manifest. It's, it's the in-between that the power is. It's the in-between where the power comes from. And sometimes, can we be honest, that's where we get discouraged. That's where we get distracted. That's where we feel defeated because I prayed for it, but I don't see anything yet. But I need you to release this over your life, say, but I'm about to. Come on, I need you to say it like you believe it. Say, but I'm about to. Yeah, the, re the power of prayer is in between request and manifest. So here's how prayer works. Matthew 7 and 7 lays it out. It says, ask and it will be given unto you. Which means the moment you pray for it, heaven has already decided that that thing has been granted. Now, here's what you need to understand. After you ask, then you've got to move to the next part. Somebody say, keep it moving. You've got to seek. You've got to seek what you said, and you will find it. That's where we run into trouble, y'all. Just like if you were to go to a, a chicken uh, restaurant and place an order at the intercom, once you pray for it, once you place the order, see, the word ask means to pray. So once you ask for your order, you've now put in your prayer request. Here's the deal. You can't stay stuck at that first stage. You've got to put the car in park, and you've got to keep it moving. Stop. That's where many of us have challenges. It's because we're stuck at asking, and we've never started to seek what it was we were asking for. So what ends up happening consequently is that you get end up being angry at God, but you're angry at God because you didn't go seek him. See, you prayed for a job, but you didn't send out a resume. You prayed to get healthy, but you wouldn't go to the gym. You prayed for better relationships, but you still go fishing in the swamp. Y'all ain't talking to me. You, you prayed for better friends, yet you're meaner than a junkyard dog. You prayed for your life to improve, yet you don't want to change them. And I need somebody in here that's sick and tired about being sick and tired of some of the same situations and some of the same things going on in your life to realize, watch this, your manifestation is going to be in you moving. Your manifestation is going to be in you taking some action. Somebody say, ask, then say, seek. 
what are you seeking that's in the direction of what you prayed for? Even if when you read the Bible, God will tell the children of Israel things like this. He said, the land is yours, now go fight for it. Stop. If it's mine, and they may have had it once, but I got it all the time. This is the 1115. Um. If it's mine, why in the world do I have to fight for it? It's because the fight is what's going to help you keep what you get. You are no longer going to possess something that you lose. You are no longer going to get it and lose it. How do you know? The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. In other words, God says, when I give it to you, I want you to be so strong that you can handle it. I need you to realize your delay has been to your benefit. Your delay has been to strengthen you so you can handle what you asked for. Because if he gave it to you a year ago, you would have been too weak to keep it. And when warfare came, you would have given up. But touch your neighbor. Say, he was been getting me ready. He's been getting me ready. <laughs> There's a scripture in Exodus. Put it up. There's a scripture in Exodus that says something very interesting. It says this. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. The Philistines were their enemy. This is in Exodus 13. He says, he didn't lead them by the way of their Philistines. Watch me. For 430 years, they've been in slavery and bondage. And then one night, God releases them. I need somebody to understand, it's not going to take God as long as you thought. <laughs> Whoever's been giving you hell today, by tomorrow, they're going to be your greatest asset. Please free me so I can get prophetic in this room. Please free me so I can get prophetic in this room. The thing that was making you cry is about to make you celebrate. <laughs> The thing that was making you say, I can't take no more, is the thing that's going to push you into what God has ordained. We know how to say thank you, Jesus, but I just wonder if there's some folk at this 1115 that can say thank you, Judas. Why? Because what you meant for evil, God has turned that for my... It says, God didn't lead them, by the way, watch this, of the Philistines. They came out overnight. When they came out overnight, God says, I had a shorter route to get them to what it was that they prayed for. See, they prayed for the land that flows with milk and honey, the promised land. For you and I, it's not a piece of land. It's a quality of life. It is a life, watch this, of shalom. What is shalom? It's a Hebrew word for peace. Can I get everybody to just put your deuces up? Peace. But here's the deal. But peace doesn't just mean peace. It means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Hit it again. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. God says that's where you're on your way to. But to get there, you're going to have to go through some process. And I need you not to break down during the process. He says he could have took them by the land, the way of the land of the Philistines. Problem is the Philistines, you'll remember the Philistines when I throw this name out. Goliath. Them was some big Dudes. <laughs> Which week is this? Oh, okay. There's some big dudes. <laughs> some big dudes. Somebody say some big dudes. These, some, these were giants. In other words, watch this. These were men that had trained to do war since they were young. These were men who were bred to be fighters. Bred to be gladiators. Bred to be men that would take your head off. And then go have lunch. God says, the children of Israel, he says, y'all have been so used, watch me. Y'all have been so used to having everything done for you. That if I take you by the way of the Philistines, you will be afraid of their appearance. Because they got more experience. But watch me, what they don't have is my favor. 
What they don't have is my grace. But when you see them, you're going to back up, back up, because it's on. Because you're going to say, these dudes are huge. He says, I could have taken them by the way of the land of the Philistines. It was closer. It was nearer. It would have shortened the journey to be 11 days or less. Instead, God said, I took them the long way. Lest the people change their minds because they're going to see warfare and then return to Egypt. Stop. I need somebody to know some of your delay from when you prayed is because God knew when you saw the warfare that comes with what you asked for, you wouldn't want it anymore. And you think that you shouldn't want it because there's warfare. Now, realizing anything that's worth having always has warfare. I came to mess up your idea that anything that God wants you to have, it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but baby, it's going to be worth it. I need you to release that over yourself. Say your first name. Say, it will not be easy. Say, but it's going to be worth it. Uh-uh, I need you to say that so that you feel that deep down on the inside. I need every entrepreneur in this room, every person that's trying to better their life, trying to better their family, better their finances, say your first name. Say, it won't be easy. Say, but it's going to be worth it. It ain't going to be easy getting that relationship together, but baby, it'll be worth it. It ain't going to be easy getting them kids together, but it's going to be worth it. He says, when they see war, they're going to change their minds. And think about it. Think about it like this. Let's go back to the drive through They're going to place the order, put the car in drive. Y'all notice it's an old school car because I came here. <laughs> it's an old lack. Deville. <laughs> Ready? Put it down. And you got to... Some of y'all don't know nothing about what I'm doing. You're like, why is he doing all of that? Why does he just put the auto drive on? Right. Watch. <laughs> Watch this. Here's the deal. As you're moving forward, what are the steps? Ask, seek. Seek means move. Keep it moving. When you get bad news, because somebody say this, 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 I need you to stop getting devastated. I need you to keep it moving. God says, here's the problem. When they see the Philistines standing at the door with the food. Somebody give me some food. Give me something to put in my hand. That's the food. Come on. Somebody give me something. Come on. Somebody give me something. What in the world? All right. <laughs> this ain't water in church. <laughs> All right. Watch. Here's the deal. Say, I place the order. Come on, Lemphatine. Say, ask. Say, now seek. So that means I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. As I'm moving forward in my seek, eventually I'm going to get to my knock. That's what the scripture says in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, seek, and knock. What does knock mean? Knock means try. See, in, in our drive throughs we're used to the window being open when we get there. That's not how prayer works. Prayer says when you get there, you're going to have to knock. There are certain things, watch this, you're hollering at the door and not knocking on it. You're praying to the door, not knocking on it, which means, watch this, you haven't actually tried to get what it is you said you wanted. You're just mad that it didn't open for you. I speak that you're going to have a knock in you this week. Come on. You, I, I just need everybody to just do this, please. You're gonna, listen, that's dumb. No, it's not. It's a prophetic gesture because there's some doors you're about to knock at this week. Say, I'm knocking at the door. Say, and it's going to open for me. Give God praise if you believe it. 
Okay, but wait, but wait, but wait. Stop, wait, but wait. But let me tell you who's going to open it. Let me tell you you're going to open it. T touch your neighbor and say, this is the part you weren't expecting. <laughs> Jesus ain't going to be out there. Paul said it like this. There's a great and effective door opening for me. And there are many adversaries. Which means when the door does open, I'm going to look at it and initially say, this couldn't be my door. Because there's an enemy in my door. Come here. This couldn't be my door, because if it was my door, why isn't it easy? I'm going to have to take something out of the hands of a Philistine. Come here. I'm going to have to take something out of the hands of somebody that's bigger than me, got more experience than me, but watch this, but God is with me. And if God be with me, who would dare be against me? Touch your neighbor and say, you got this. Uh, say it like you mean it. Say, you got this. I rebuke your punk spirit where you every time something is difficult, you back up. No, somebody say, I'm a gladiator. Say, I'm a warrior. Say, I got this. We ain't never scared. Watch me. He says, he says, ask, see, come on, knock. When you knock, Jesus ain't opening. When you knock, Watch me. Even though it's what you want, it ain't going to look like it at first. I need you to look at it a second time. Because the first time is going to make you say, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe this isn't God's will. If it's God, why is it hard? If it's God, why isn't it easy? Am I in anybody's business? And so watch this. Because you don't get the easy victory. You think, watch this, it's not worth the fight. Ooh, lay your hands on yourself and say, but it's about to be worth it. Some of y'all didn't do it. Maybe you didn't hear me. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's about to be worth it. God says, you got to knock on that door. And the Philistine's going to open the door. But he got your stuff. What you ordered, he got and the problem is, is he's going to taunt you with it. Let's go. Just like Goliath did for 40 days and 40 nights. He put it above David's head, thinking you ain't never going to be able to reach. What he didn't know is, I'm going to knock you down. And when I knock, fall down, boy, and when I knock you down, I'm just going to snatch it up out your hand. Touch your neighbor, say, your giant's about to come down. And what you told me I couldn't have, watch me snatch it up out of your hand. <laughs> Say yes, Lord. So while Goliath on the floor, send the mess with me, cuz. <laughs> you don't know nothing. You shouldn't have done that. Because you were taunting me with it. You ain't never going to finish school. You ain't never going to get married. You ain't never going to have a relationship. You know why God needed you to be whole before you tried to go find somebody else? You ain't never going to get out of debt. You ain't never going to do this. You ain't never going to do that. And what God does is say, listen, knock on that door. And when you see Goliath, I need you to knock him down. I need you to knock him down. What's this? The bigger they are. 
I need you not to be scared. Say, it's about to fall. Yeah, they told you no last Thursday. You better hear me. You better hear me. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you got to know coming tomorrow about 2 o'clock. Come here. Come here, please. Y'all free me so I can be prophetic, please. Somebody say, I got a yes coming this week. And the terms are going to be better than what you wanted in the first place. So while Goliath is down there, he says, knock on that door. He says, but I'm not answering. The enemies are going to answer. But I need you, watch this, to keep knocking. Because see, here's the deal. The first knock is to get the door open. Watch me. The next knock is to knock him down. Please come here. The first knock is to get the door open. But once you get in the room, you got to take authority. Once you get in the room, you got to say, I belong here. I rebuke you feel intimidated. I rebuke you feeling like you don't belong in the room because you don't have the education or because you do not have the experience. Say this like you mean it. Say, I belong here. The first knock is to knock the door, get the door open. The second knock is to knock him down. Then the next knock simply means, let me get that up off of you. Give me my so be elixir. In other words, my prayer wasn't in vain. My giving wasn't in vain. My serving wasn't in vain. Somebody say it wasn't in vain. Thank you, sir. Here's the problem with this whole process. You can be seated. Here's the problem with that whole process. Say ask. Seek, Seek. Knock. knock. These things require endurance. <laughs> and that's where it gets nasty. Mm -hmm. Because Hebrews 10.36 says, for you have need of endurance. Somebody say, I need endurance. And now the question is, well, what is endurance? Endurance is you outlasting an unpleasant or difficult process. Could you imagine the fear that would come, watch this, from them seeing giants? Just imagine the fear you feel when you're in front of something that seems bigger than you. And what's amazing is it's often something you've already beaten that's bigger than that, but your experience has now got you scared because you don't want another loss. So what ends up happening, watch this, endurance means I outlast. Somebody say I'm built to last. There's some enemies that watch this, you're just going to have to outlast them. It means to outlast an unpleasant, watch this, or challenging or difficult process. So that when you have done the will of God, which means, I, first off, I need to last. Secondly, I need to do what the word says. So even though you don't want to forgive them, I can't let unforgiveness against you mess up my process. Even though you want to holler, cuss, and scream, I know, but you got to learn. Y'all ain't talking to me, but you have to understand, watch this, nobody is worth you aborting the process. Uh-uh, 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 because some of y'all, you were real close to, to throwing in a towel that God didn't give you permission to throw in. For you have need of endurance. Somebody say, I got to last. And here's the problem. We live in a culture that doesn't last. If the video is longer than 60 seconds, we had a culture that doesn't last. Y'all had one fight over cornflakes. We just don't think this is for us. Over some cornflakes? If that's the only strength you had, then watch this, then it never was strong. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. For you have need of endurance so that once you've actually done the will of God, here's the part of the verse that's going to psych your mind. 
you might get it. I like it. Touch your neighbor and say, yes, 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 yes. After you, watch me, y'all. After you do what God says, what does that mean? You follow the word. Where did I learn the word? That's why we come to church. I come to church so I can learn the word, and then when I leave church, I do the word. Somebody say, "Mm mm-hmm, that's right. He sure got us talking a lot, but you with me, though. It says, you might get what's promised. I went through all that to maybe get it? What if after all that process, God still says no? Here's my question, 1115. Can you be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and say, this is what we prayed for. But even if he doesn't, I need to check the room. Where are the people that can say, even if I don't get what I prayed for, he's still worthy of praise. Where y'all at? Uh-uh, apparently ain't that many of us. Where are the people that can say, even if I don't get what I asked for, he's still worthy. Can you release a praise right? Somebody say, God, you're still worthy. Say, you're still God. You're still amazing. And here's why. He said, Bishop, why would I go through all that process and God still say no? Here's why. Either one, you ain't ready yet, which means the delay was to your benefit. Because he said, if I get this to you right now, you ain't going to know what to do with it. And I don't want you being, watch this, a story of somebody that was great and ain't great no more. I don't want you to be, let's preach here. I don't want you to be like Saul where you were supposed to reign for a long time, but because you couldn't handle the pressure of the spotlights, you couldn't handle the pressure that came with being in front of people. Sometimes you're not able to handle the audience that you're about to be put in front of. So I said, sometimes God says, you just ain't ready yet. But then sometimes God says, "Mm mm-mm, you didn't go through that process for nothing. The process was getting you ready. And then sometimes God says, listen, no, but the reason I'm saying no is because I got something bigger and something better. So the reason, watch me, so the reason that that process seems so severe is because you thought it was for what you asked for. I'm about to throw my microphone. I promise you, right over here, I'm about to throw my microphone. Watch me, watch me, look at 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 me, watch. You thought, does it really take all of this for that? And God is like, but what you don't understand is the process you've been going through ain't for that. It's for that. Y'all ain't hear me. I need you to stop being mad at your process because watch this. Maybe the reason that it's been so severe is because what you asked for, he's about to give you something bigger and better than that. It wasn't for this. It was for that. It wasn't to work at the company. It was to buy it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. It wasn't to be part of it. It was to run it. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Mark 14, 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. So the process of prayer works like this. Ask, seek, knock. Each of those are positions that require endurance. I got to last. So at the ask, I have to last. Which means, watch this, a lot of times when we pray, we are, we're, and I've taught a lot on prayer, a lot of times when we pray, we don't even last in prayer because our prayers, that's why we take an hour on Monday nights to pray. And for many, that's the longest time we will pray all week. And I'm not saying that negatively. I'm saying let's make it count. Block the time out and make prayer a priority in your life. Because watch this, if you don't learn how to last in prayer, you are never going to see anything because the truth is you didn't say nothing. Here's what you did. Lord, just bless, you know what I mean? Lord, just, you know what I'm saying? 
Lord, just I'm just asking you to touch, Lord. You know what I mean, Lord. Just, just you know, just, just, just give me that strength. You know what I mean, Lord. Just, you know, just, and God is like, what are you talking? But you ain't saying nothing. I gave you strength. I gave you favor. I've already blessed you. So everything you just spent four minutes saying, I've already done. So the reason you don't see anything is because you were talking, but you never really said anything. So ask, I've got to endure. Then in my seek, I've got to endure. Because this is where the power is. The power is between request and manifest. The power is right in here between my seek and my knock. Now watch this. Those positions require endurance. So in Mark 14, 32, let's see is this in, 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 in practicality. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane is the garden Jesus prays in. And Jesus essentially prays, Lord, um, I don't want to have to go through this process. Because it's going to be painful and I'm going to be separated from you. Which means, watch me, sometimes in your process, not only will it be painful, but you will feel like even God has given up. Can we have a real conversation? Sometimes in your process, you're going to be like, God, I don't even think you're there anymore. And God says, listen, that's just part of your process. I need to make sure you keep walking even if it's dark in the room. I need you to make sure that you keep progressing even if it's dark in the room. So they went to this place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane, Jesus begins to have droplets of blood. In medical terms, it's called hematidrosis. Is when his sweat gland begins to become uh, so filled with, or there's so much pressure that blood escapes out of the capillaries in his face. And so it begins to mix with his sweat. And so there's now sweat and blood that is coming down out of his face. And he says, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He's like, I don't really want to deal with this. See, his humanity didn't want to deal with it. His divinity knew that, that he had to go through it. Hmm. His humanity didn't want to deal with the pain or the pressure, but his divinity knew I was born for this. See, there's some stuff to watch this. You're like, I can't do it. And God is like, stop all of that extra, Darlene. You can do this. Darlene is a fictional character that I've made up. Stop all of that extra. You got this. The issue is that your humanity is talking louder than your divinity. And so your spirituality is now at a fight with your flesh. Because you were almost comfortable and easy, but you asked me to do something great. So you need to pick. Do you want me to do something great or you want to be comfortable because you can't have both? Do you want me to use you or do you want to sit over there and be like everybody else in your bloodline that never did anything? But you, let's preach. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history breaker in your bloodline. You are the interruption, so pick one. They went to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane means blessing and crushing. At the same time. It's, it means oil press. You know how you get olive oil? You crush olives. Now think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Olives are cheap. You can go to the store right now and get you some olives. What? 67 cents. 47 cents. 32 cents. If you're a couponer. Four cents. Olive oil? Even the store brand. Come on, because some of y'all be like, it's the same ingredients. <laughs> and all those cooks in the room be like, no, nah, no, it's not. While we're on that topic, let's talk about cereal too. If it's down there in that bag, leave that down there. Does not taste the same. Fruitanglios is not fruit loops. And I need you to stop settling for counterfeits. Come here. They look the same, but baby, they do not taste the same. You can only tell the difference, watch this, when you put it in milk. Mm. 
Means some people you ain't gonna see their real colors until you actually put them in the position. Some people you ain't gonna see who they really are until you actually put them in that place. And then once you see that they ain't the right ones, you need to be able to back up and say, baby, I thought you were Fruit Loops, not Tanglios. Excuse me, I apologize. Let me put you back over here in your bag. <laughs> back to the Bible. All right. And they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's oil press. Say oil press. Come on, talk to me. Say oil press. So here's what happens. So the way I get olive oil is I have to crush an olive. I have to destroy one thing to make a new thing. I have to destroy something to make something better. Could it be that what's been destroyed in your life wasn't punishment? Ooh, I don't like your silence. <laughs> Could it be that what's been crushed in your life wasn't punishment? It was God saying, I need to crush this lesser to get some oil out of it so that I can give you something greater. See, you can be the 47 cent olives or you can be the 1599 olive oil. Watch me, but you can't be both. And the issue sometimes we run into with prayer is that once God starts answering it, and it's a whole lot more than we thought, we want to go back. But I need to tell you, you've come too far to turn back now. So Jesus, let's finish it. Jesus is in this place called Gethsemane. It means crushing and blessing at the same time. So the same thing that's crushing me is making me conquer. The same thing that's bruising me is actually blessing me. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Let's skip down to verse 37. And he came and found them sleeping. In other words, Jesus was like, Dude, I told y'all to stay up and watch with me for an hour. He says, listen, y'all want to be great, but you can't even give me an hour. He says, you don't have endurance because what you want to do and what you say you want to be requires a greater version of you. And I can't figure out how y'all couldn't pray with me for an hour. He found them sleeping. Touch your neighbor and say, wake up. Because see, whenever you're sleeping, you'll stop seeking. If you look at the time of day it was, it made no sense for them to be asleep. Even in their prior profession, they would have been getting ready to go fishing. Which means the only reason that they're sleeping is because they got sloppy. Because it was taking long between ask, seek, and knock. Watch. He says to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Now, you're like, what's the significance of that? Peter, who you know in the Bible, Peter ends up having three names throughout the Gospels. One is Simon. Simon means snub nose. It means arrogant. The other is Peter, which means rock. The other is Cephas, which is the Greek, uh, Greek version of that. Now, check this out. God says to him, rock, why are you asleep with your arrogant self? He says, Peter, you should be strong, but your arrogance made you weak, so you stopped your seat. Come here, come here, come here. Sometimes the reason we give up on things we prayed for is our arrogance, our pride. We decide if we can't have it on our terms, we don't want it at all. Come here. We decide that if it ain't going to be easy, then we don't want it. And I need you to know, watch this, lay your hands on yourself, say you don't get to decide the terms. Say God does. Uh -uh, come on, let say God decides the terms. So watch. He says, why are you asleep? He knew why they were asleep. He just needed Peter to know. Think about it. It's like, you ever been asleep and somebody asks you, you sleep? 
Well, if I can answer. So Jesus knew they were asleep. And Jesus like, he's like, boy, you sleep? Watch this. He wanted Peter to be startled. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. There's stuff that's been happening in your life that startled you. And the reason it startled you is because God needed you to see you've been sleeping in your seeking. Come here, 1115. There are certain situations that happen and you're like, whoa, that caught me off guard. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that person to do this. I wasn't expecting that person to do that. And God says, I needed to startle you because you wouldn't have even realized you had been asleep unless I had startled you. Let me prove it to you. If somebody says, are you asleep? No. What was all that? If you're not asleep, then why would you startle? See, if you're up, you just be like, mm -mm. I'm up. But sometimes God has to startle you. Look at me. For some of you, there's been situations that have been startlingly shocking you, seemingly coming at you every way. Why? Because God says, I need to startle you so that you see you have been sleeping. You've been sleeping and you're seeking, and so now you wonder why it's taking so long because you don't have endurance. But I need you to lay your hands on yourself, say, but today, God's given me endurance. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I'm going to endure this thing. Watch God's indictment. Could you not watch for an hour? Stop. He didn't say pray. He said watch. He said, could you not watch for an hour? Here's what watch means. Position yourself to see danger or difficulties. What were the danger or difficulties? Judas was on his way. Jesus is in a rough moment, and Judas is on his way to come betray Jesus. And as Judas is on his way to come betray Jesus, Jesus has Peter, James, and John out there as his final line of defense to be looking out for Judas. And if you keep reading the story, you can read it in your own time. If you keep reading the story, Jesus really lets these guys have it because he comes back three times. And he's like, really, dude? We sorry, Jesus. J Jesus. Give us one more chance. We apologize. Believe us, we do. We apologize. Honest and true. Come on, finish the song. It's first Anita Baker, chapter two. Because I know I was wrong. So I sing you this song. You don't know that? You know, oh, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> look, and then Jesus says, look, get up. He says, Judas is here. He said, because you weren't in position, Judas snuck up on us. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Because you weren't doing what I asked you to do, your betrayer came in your house and you didn't even see it. You were so thirsty, you didn't realize you were asleep. Come here. You were so thirsty, you didn't realize you were asleep. And now you have let the enemy in your house. Y'all ain't talking. You let the enemy around your kids. You've let the enemy in your house. And he said, could you not watch for a doggone hour? Watch means position yourself to see danger or difficulty. Say watch. If you were to think of somebody watching. Most folks these days, you got alarm systems, you got cameras, you, you, got, you got doorbells with cameras. Don't need nobody to be coming to your house. You just want to know if somebody out there just, just checking. See who out there. Watch. Here's the deal. You're watching because although, watch this, 
although you know God's got you, it's wisdom to keep a watch. Watch this. While God has you, he needs you to stay wise and stay woke. You know what it says to me? The people who claim to be the most woke are normally the most sleep. Got to stay woke. Baby, you sleep because while you mad about that, you're missing a whole other big thing going on over here. Ooh, let me get in your work business. There's some folks you keep going back and forth with because they the woke ones on the job. They sleep. Watch. Verse 38. Watch and pray. Position yourself and pray. Position yourself and pray. Position yourself and pray. Say it with me. Position myself and pray. Say it with me. Position myself and pray. The command here is take your position while you're praying. Here's one of the worst things we ever could have been taught to do with prayer. You ready? Here it is. Because when you do this, you are now not in position to be defensive. See, my prayer is an offense. My position is a defense. Mm -mm, uh -uh, I need, let me work that so it makes sure you get that. Let me work that so you get that. God says, I don't just need you to pray. I need you to make sure you position yourself when you pray. Be on the defense when you're praying as it relates to things trying to block you, stop you, impede you. Because let's be honest, that's where most of us get messed up. After we place that order, we put that car in drive, we start driving. We didn't expect that somebody else was going to try to mess with the line. You didn't expect, watch me, that somebody in your car was going to try to mess with the steering wheel. Because some of your greatest warfare comes from the people you spend the most time around. Can I teach like I want to? Verse 38. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. What do you mean enter into temptation? What's going to tempt me, Jesus? The temptation to abort the process. Think about it, y'all. They're on the mountain, so what's the temptation? The temptation was to sleep in their seat, which essentially would abort the process. And then in them aborting the process, they wouldn't pay attention to what was going on around them. But you lay your hands on yourself and say, watch and pray. So to watch means to position yourself. Let me give you three quick positions. Can I give you three quick positions? Let's go. First one is to pray with fasting. Sometimes to strengthen your seat, you got to pray and fast. So here's Matthew 17 and 21. It says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Say by prayer and fasting. Now, what happens here is that Jesus' disciples have come to him, and they're like, Lord, we couldn't get this thing done. We prayed for somebody, and nothing happened. What did they do? They prayed. What weren't they? Watching. What did they do? They prayed. What weren't they? Positioned. Did you catch that? So they were like, we prayed, and nothing happened. He said, but you got to learn this principle here. Watch. Position yourself. Come on, y'all like scared. I'm scared. I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong answer. I literally just gave it to you. Watch. Position yourself. You ready? Jesus said, if you want to do something that nobody else can get done, you're going to have to fast. Well, Bishop, the church is not having a fast. Call yourself on a fast. How many in here wants to do something Watch this that's rare? You don't see a whole lot of people do it. Okay. And help me. Okay. A few. Okay. Let me ask you again. How many of you want to accomplish something in your life that you don't see many other people accomplish? 
Okay, guess what? L let me show you how you position yourself. Put that plate down. Well, Bishop, what type of fast should I do? I got a whole lot of series on fasting and praying. Go get them. Now, on YouTube and podcasts and all of that. Here's the point. If you want to accomplish something rare, God says, I'm going to need you to do what other people won't do. Can I say it to you this way? If you want what nobody else has, do what nobody else will do. Jesus said, I got power this way because I know how to fast and pray. Remember when Jesus got started, what's the first thing he did? Fasted. That means he was going to be able to accomplish things that were rare. So sometimes when you're praying, you're going to have to put some fasting with it. Come here, y'all. Sometimes when you're praying, you're going to have to be put some fast. If you want what you don't see a lot of people have, it's not enough to say, Lord, just please do it, Lord. Come on. Oh, Lord, do it. Oh, And God is like, I'm going to need you to come up off that plate. Why? 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 What's so significant about that? Because watch this. When your flesh is weak, your spirit so remember what Jesus said? He says, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So watch this. If I weaken my flesh, I can strengthen my spirit. Then that means I'll see things that I didn't see or have power that I didn't know. Here's the second way that you take this position. Corporate prayer. You're about to do this right now. So get, so get ready. If you're taking notes, get ready because you're about to put your pen and pad down for about six seconds in a minute. Acts 12, 5. Say corporate prayer. Sometimes you need backup. And I need you to know you're sitting next to some backup. Even if you don't know who's sitting next to you, only like two or three more or like 40 more times for the rest of the experience, would you just, would you just smile at them and just say, I'm your backup? <laughs> say, you ain't in here by yourself. <laughs> All right? Watch. Corporate prayer. Acts 12, 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. That means corporate prayer. That means the people prayed together. Let's skip down to verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Get up quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird up yourself, tie up on your sandals. And so he did. And they said to him, put on your garment and follow me or wrap your cloak around me uh, yourself and follow me. Look at me. Peter was comfortable in something he shouldn't have been comfortable in. Peter got comfortable in prison and God says, Peter, I'm going to bring you out because watch this. You got some backup. Come here. Come here. Come here. He says, I'm going to give you some backup because Peter, you don't even want to pray. You've gotten comfortable. You're not even trying to get out of this mess. You've gotten comfortable. I come against every thought in your mind that says, I guess this is just my lot. I guess this is just the way it's going to be. Would you touch somebody next to you and say, but we're about to change that. Come here. Say, we're about to change that. I need you not to be comfortable in some stuff that needs to change. I need you not to tolerate some stuff that needs to change. I need you not to be passive when you need to walk in power. So everybody on your feet, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody on your feet. Everybody on your feet. I need you to grab hands with somebody. I need everybody on your feet, please. And I need you to grab hands with somebody, please. I need you to squeeze that hand. We're going to do it real fast. And then I'm going to give you this last one. Then we're done. You're going to do it real fast. I need you to squeeze that hand. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, even on my digital campus, and say, Lord, I'm back up for the hand that I'm holding. We activate the power of corporate prayer. And in your name, I declare anything they should not be comfortable in, that it changes. And it changes quickly. When we pray corporately, we speed up the process. So in your name, by your word, 
the hand I'm holding within the next seven days are going further, faster, further, faster. Now drop those hands and release a praise right there. Come on, church. Come on, release a praise right there. You got some backup in the spirit. You got some people going for you, rooting for you. Yeah. 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 Be seated. Here's the last one. Prayer with sowing. Acts chapter 10. Verse number 2. Stay with me. Acts chapter 10. Verse number 2. You got to use this stuff, y'all. This got to be more than just stuff we do at church. This is stuff you got to use. Some of you with your families, you need to get your family together every day before y'all so quick to get up and run out and have this and all this and have your little pop tart and your little cheese sandwich. You need to grab your family and say, uh-uh, let's pray corporately because we're about to shut some stuff down. We're about to open some stuff out. Married couples, you got to pray together before y'all leave that house. And if you can't do it in the, in the evenings or morning, whatever, figure out a time and pray. Y'all not saying nothing to me. But some of you on your jobs, you need to find the other Christians and say, listen, 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 listen. I done found some other believers on here, and we're going to touch and agree. What they can't do is shut us down. They wouldn't shut down the Muslims. They wouldn't shut down the Jews. They're not going to shut us down either. We got the power and the privilege to pray. Some of you all, when you get together with your friends, rather than just sitting around cackety cackety having jokes, y'all need to grab hands and say, hey, bro, what you going through? I got you. Hey, sis, what you going through? I got you. Whatever it is you're dealing with, let me be your backup. I pray you have some friends in your life that are backup. I pray you have some people around you that are backup. Here it is, the last, the last watch in position. When we seek, sometimes we need strength. When we seek, sometimes we got to position ourselves. Watch. Position ourselves. Just so make sure you got it. Watch. Position ourselves. So one position is to fast. Another position is to get back up. Corporate prayer is the last position. To sow. Say so. Acts chapter 10, verse 2. I'm done. A devout man, his name is Cornelius. One who feared God with all his household. That's amazing because Cornelius was the type of man that said, listen, watch this. I asked him at the 915. Let me do it here. I want to ask you a question, y'all. Who's in charge of your house? Because sometimes parents, you have position, but your kids actually hold the power. Because if they have an attitude, it changes everything. If they don't want to do right, it changes everything. And so now what you're teaching your children is that whenever they don't want to do something, all they have to do is manipulate the leader. So then when they meet a leader they can't manipulate, they call that leader controlling. Does your neighbor say, who runs your house? You got to be like Joshua and say, as for me. And some of you got roommates and they be coming up there with all kind of stuff. You need to say, hey, look, man, look, 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 look. Let me help you with that. Don't bring all that up in here. Not on the side I pay for. <laughs> Come cross this line with that mess. Do that over there. An devout man, one who feared God with all his house, who gave much alms. Alms are a type of offering. Say offering. Which means he was a tither. He did that, but it was an offering. Now notice it says, uh, uh, and he prayed to God when? Always. He prayed to God when? Always. Always. <laughs> Verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day. So what was he doing? Praying. Well, what else was he doing? Sowing which is his watching or his 
positioning. Did you catch that? Because, see, you're like, I'm praying, 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 but you're going to need to put something with that. Put a fast with it, get some backup with it, or put a seed on it. Because, see, your neighbor, by the time they come in here Sunday, they're going to have a praise report. Yep. Let's go. I said, your neighbor's going to have a praise report by the time they come in here next Sunday. Watch. Look at verse uh, 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming to, uh, angel of God coming to him saying, Cornelius! <laughs> Somebody say, he knows my name. Some of y'all, you about to get some angelic visitation. You wondered your whole life, God, are you there? God, are you real? For some of you, this week, God's coming to get you, and he's calling you by name. Watch. This is Cornelius. Look at verse 4. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your, your giving, your sowing. Have, watch me, have come up as a memorial before God. So while you thought it wasn't doing nothing, God said, who is that doing all that seed sowing over there? Do you see this in your Bible? Do, do you see it in your Bible? I, I'm asking a question. Do you see it in your Bible? But well, doggone, answer the question, y'all. Come on now. Love you. Don't do that demo stuff with me where you say hey to somebody and they just look at you. Because I'm the type, I will follow you down 16th Street and say, you heard me say hi back there. Are you going to speak to me? I, I am not. The, you going to say something to me? I did it yesterday. I'm just saying. I'm just. But they spoke because they knew better. They spoke. I was like, hey, how you doing? Speak. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just, just being funny, y'all. Just being funny. Touch your neighbor and say, when you see me, you speak to me. All right. Come on, stay with me. It says, it says, your alms, your giving, and your prayers. Do you see both of them? Your prayers and your alms. You see it? Your what? Prayers. Prayer and positioning. Prayer and your watching. Do you see this? They came up before God today at the meeting. And while we were meeting, God said, you know, who is this doing all this sowing? Somebody said, God hadn't forgotten about me. Verse 5. So send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. This is the same Peter that we saw earlier. Why do you keep talking about Peter in today's message? Because I need some of you to know it doesn't matter how you've messed up before. If you still got breath in your body, say, God is not done with me yet. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. We already know who this guy is. Verse 6, he's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. It's amazing to me that God sent a prideful man to go help a prideful man. Which means sometimes the conflict you have is because the person you have conflict with is you. So the reason you got so many issues with somebody you barely know is because you sense yourself on them. And when you sense yourself, it's just that offensive to you. Oh, y'all didn't like that. So next time somebody got an attitude, would you just be like, it might be. He says, he says, y'all got up King James. He, so we'll just worry with it. He says, whose house is by the seaside, he shall tell you what you ought to do. What did God, what did the angel tell him? The angel said, listen, your giving and your prey have come up before the Lord. Your watching and your 
praying have come up before the Lord. Your positioning and your praying have come up before the Lord. So he says, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to send you to a man of God to tell you what to do. Stop the presses. Hold up. God says, my answer to your prayers is that I'm going to send you. Let's make it practical for us. I'm going to send you to church to give you a message that's going to give you instructions so you know what to do. Stop. He says, the answer to your prayer is in you hearing the instructions and following your instructions. For some of you today, you just got your answer. Somebody say, I just got my answer. So here it is. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Say it with me. Say it with me. Uh-huh. Say it with me. Uh-huh. Say it with me. Go. This is the 1115. Go. 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 Even when it ain't easy, I'm on. When I want to give up, I will. Throw in the towel, but I'll. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.